On this week's edition of Polk and Kush, the Saints are getting ready for the playoffs and to prepare for the pain, the Pelicans decided to get you ready by blowing the biggest lead in franchise history. We'll get into both of those teams and of course we've got Polk news, we've got overrated, we've got underrated and your favorite worst of the week. So please stick around, we'll be coming up on Polk and Kush. Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. We are coming to you live in stereo. It is January 6, 2021, and it is King's Day. It's Mardi Gras season. It's King Cake season. Baby, we got it all. And guess what else? Gird your loins, New Orleans. It's playoff time. I was trying to pick up on things you were saying so I could say it at the same time since it's a lot of fun saying Polk and Kush at the same time. Yes. I didn't pick up on any of that. No, no, that was I, I went off the cuff on that part. Even when you said playoff time, I was like, who's he talking about? <laughs> what? Who's oh, in the playoffs? Oh, the Saints. I forgot. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. Oh, it's that time of year where uh, everything sucks. I'm still getting over my New Year's hangover, so forgive me. How did that go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you brought the heat. I uh, I was in it to win it this year. No resolutions, only regrets. <laughs> what was the New Year's scene like? It was just like a guy opened his trench coat and was like, <laughs> "Hey, do you want any of these pills I found?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll I'll take them. Just give them. Just give them to me." And then I'm like, "I'm not gonna get the vaccine. I don't know what's in that." And then I'm just like, "Yeah, I'll have some of these strangers' drugs." What's that a vial of? Yellow stuff? Yeah, that sounds good. I'll take that. Whatever. What's that supposed to keep you up for? Four days? Yeah, I'll do that one. Jesus. Well, I started off, they did Irish New Year's at Finn's, which was at six, so all those fucking drunk expats were oh, there. Oh, boy. Drinking out of the boot. Yeah. <laughs> that's on their God. flag. That's unbelievable they do Irish New Year. What a, like, total cop-out. Or not even a cop-out, just like a flimsy excuse to get hammered for six o'clock. Yeah, it's like, you don't remember the last year, you <laughs> drunk. Where else do you celebrate whatever time zone? Like, if you happen to be... <laughs> from new york and you were living in los angeles do you celebrate new year's three hours yeah, earlier irish christmas i guess that could be a thing but it started there and i went on a whirlwind of adventure oh good well i'm glad you found the pharmacy uh <laughs> we're able to uh, to get what you needed uh, i did the exact opposite i was in bed at 10 30 nice uh i unfortunately could not fall asleep of the mushrooms yeah exactly i was so crazy uh yeah we watched uh, a movie and then went to bed at 10.30. I happened to stay awake till midnight, and it sounded like Baghdad. Uh, suburb, suburban New Orleans uh, likes the fireworks a hell of a lot more than uptown New Orleans did. Yeah, <laughs> it when was, I lived there. You know, everybody does gunshots or fireworks. This year it was both. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, they were shooting the fireworks they with were, their guns. They were carjacking people with fireworks this year. It was nice to see the two blended. You know, whenever I talk about, like, doing drugs or being crazy on here, I just always imagine, like, some businessman, just some wealthy magnate <laughs> listening to this, and he's like, you know what, I, I should hire that Polk kid. And then I'm like, yeah, you know, I just did it right off the back of the toilet. And he's like, okay, never mind. Everything I'm saying is a lie. Yeah, this is all for effect. Polk actually was reading. This is satire. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was he was reading a novel. <laughs> um, the fireworks were uh, people had some pretty professional displays out there. They made up for the lack of the levee fireworks. It was incredible, dude! I looked out of my back window, out of my bedroom window. I can kind of see a whole bunch of houses because the way it's angled, and I'm not exaggerating. I saw like. 13 different sets of good fireworks like high enough like over the tree line like that you could see everything i was like this is intense man like fireworks are not cheap and people are going all out it i was like i feel like i am in fallujah uh in 2004 (laughs) right now like this is insane we're getting shelled at the moment and my kids just slept right on through it Uh, uh the the sound machine broke and they still slept through it. So MVP of the week goes to my children. Hey, the new sound machine. Fireworks. <laughs> you could live in the bywater, have natural fireworks all the time. Oh, they man. were shooting them off the next day here. I was like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. I, I get it. You're, you've been inside for too long. Mm-hmm. You bought too many fireworks in Slidell next yeah. to the Wendy's. <laughs> Just save them. I was impressed they actually stopped by one. I was worried. I was like, oh, God, they're going to shoot these things off until 3 o'clock in the morning, aren't they? Because, you know, back when I was a drunken fool, certainly New Year's did not end at 12 or anywhere close to it. It was just like that was like the when you hit your 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 ramp up. Uh, so I was uh, pleased with that part of uh, of the night. But, yeah, man, people, uh, they love fireworks. I don't know where they get them. Can you buy them here? I've never seen a place that sells fireworks. I think you can get them out of Parish. I saw them on my journey back and thought about getting them. And then, you know, I was just like, I have literally anything better to do. Than buy an explosive in El Dorado, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, you got take it across state lines. And somebody's like, What do you have fireworks for your kids? Oh, no, I don't have kids. I'm 35 <laughs> and single. <laughs> just one, please. Table like, for one. I would like this single bottle rocket. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the, the New Year's extravaganza was fun. The Saints game was less so. Um, the Saints. For their part, played very well. Uh, there was a whole bunch of guys I'd literally never heard of. They had a running back I'd never heard of. They had a, a cornerback named Haley who had multiple interceptions who I'd never heard of. Uh, there were a lot of uh, interesting performances, but the bottom line is the Saints did what they were uh, probably supposed to do. They kicked the crap out of Carolina. Ultimately, it was meaningless, as we expected. Yeah, a fruitless endeavor, but I suppose an inspiring one to see because we were, you know, questioning, can the Saints do this with the B squad? Yeah. And they did it with, you know, kind of the B plus squad. It wasn't all. Yeah. It wasn't all nameless goons out there. Yeah. Demario played. Cam Jordan played. Onyemata. Of course, the the. Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famer Marcus Davenport was out there. Trey <laughs> Hendrickson was back. Yeah, the defense yeah. was firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and uh, you know you saw that against Teddy, and then some guy who works at Safeway. <laughs> I don't know what, what that guy. I have Carl no idea. Childers? <laughs> <laughs> Carl Weathers? Is that you? Uh, no, they literally just brought in some guy. I mean, it was uh, it became very laughable by the third quarter. There was a moment in the second quarter where I was like, oh. God, they're like, there's a chance that they lose this game. I was like, they don't really have any players. Drew Brees is throwing to no one. I mean, like Emmanuel Sanders caught the ball and made $500,000, which I thought was probably the best part of the whole game. Um, but outside of that, he wasn't throwing to really anybody. And they still managed to score 30 points. They got with five interceptions. Like, it was one of those where you go, 
I don't know how hard Carolina was trying, but that's a beatdown. Like, and I didn't quite see it coming with the amount of guys that they had out there. Yeah, I was surprised by it. I mean, if you put a gun to my head and you were like, who scored a touchdown? I'd be like, I think Jared Cook scored a touchdown. <laughs> I don't. I don't I, remember. Maybe any... Taysom Hill got one. Maybe. It's very hard to remember individual plays. I have no idea. And I watched the whole game. I was lucid. <laughs> I uh, It just wasn't sticking. Yeah. I was mostly watching the top left corner and you know exactly that was where my mind was and that was really far more important than anything that was going on by the you know by the second half it became pretty clear the saints game was going to be out of doubt would they be able to have a chance for the one seed chicago appeared to be hanging tough for a while ultimately green bay kind of overwhelmed them as i think we all sort of expected that sets up the matchup the saints will in fact uh be the two seed which of course, the first year the two seed does not get a buy. <laughs> it is, of course, the Saints who land that two seed. So they should theoretically get two home games. Uh, and, of course, the year where there are no fans at the home there game. You go. So, but uh, there was one bright spot. The game could have been on a Saturday, which would mean <laughs> no running backs once again, or at least no Alvin Kamara. Yes. The NFL knew that that would explode Twitter. I mean, that would have been the meltdown of all meltdowns like you would have really seen people like with the tinfoil in their hair just running around talking about scanners and 5g and uh <laughs> all, all kinds of crazy crap like you really would have unhinged some very unhinged people yeah. i think ourselves included <laughs> oh god we'd be railing on roger goodell right now so the saints will play uh sunday at 3 30 against the chicago bears who I'm going to say this, and then we're going to replay it uh, next Tuesday oh, when we all hate each other. Jesus. The Bears suck, okay? The Bears are a bad team who went 500, mostly by going 5-0 and in the first five games of the season. They're not good. They have no quarterback, uh, and they very well could beat the Saints in New Orleans uh, this weekend, but... The Saints, I think, are a 10.5-point favorite. I think that's about what they were against Minnesota last year. Everything about this matchup screams an advantage for the Saints. Again, we know that doesn't mean anything, no. but uh, it is about as favorable of a matchup compared to who will, I mean, compared to the Rams or compared to Tampa Bay or compared to even Arizona, who is not in it. Uh, I think this was like the best possible on paper matchup. Yeah, unless you can play the NFC East, this is the easiest team. Mm -hmm. Knock on fake wood I got from <laughs> Big Lots. Uh, but I mean, they have no, they have no. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, below average quarterback, very little weapon weaponry on the outside besides uh, Robinson, Allen Robinson. Their defense is good, but has not been great. Like Aaron Rodgers tore them up. Uh, and they've been torn up a lot more in the last, you know, six weeks than they have almost any time, you know, in the last, you know, 20 years. The Bears are usually always have a good defense. Uh, everything about this says that the Saints should win pretty easily. And that's but, why. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it all depends who comes back, though, too. Right. So Alvin Kamara had COVID. Uh that kept him out of the game this week. They said that if he made it to Sunday and he had no symptoms or no problems that he could play because it's been a week. So we still don't know he's going to play, but there is a possibility that he could play and the rest of the running backs. He would have to be the first NFL player to have symptoms and not play after being diagnosed, right? 
Yes. These guys are super athletes. Yes. They're not going to have a sniffle. And if they do, you're never going to hear about it. Exactly. I was going to say, there's no chance. That guy could be. Oh, I've got a tickle in my throat. <laughs> that guy could have a 105 degree fever. No one of the Saints is going to say a word yeah. okay, until he shows up on Sunday to play and they test him. There's no chance that this is going to be um, a thing. I, I don't know what to make of Alvin Kamara. That was a really bizarre sketchy situation there's pictures out there of Kamara at a Christmas party that he very obviously threw uh for himself after I think scoring. I was in the background of that photo that <laughs> yeah. looked like she she's was that was was that, was that my guy the pharmacist back there what's going on uh so Kamara is uh you know had a, had his picture taken without a mask with a handful of girls a gaggle of girls if you will and then the next day, basically, or two days later, it pops up that he tested positive for COVID. Uh, that is problematic. The Saints have avoided it completely. I find it to be uh, a pretty big issue. Do you think you tell the women, like, hey, you're not going to post this anywhere, are you? <laughs> I mean, you, how do you not know? Like, how's, what do you think is going to happen? We have pictures of Coach O in bed with, like, a 19-year-old. That's true. There's going to be photo. I'm sure there's video. I haven't seen video or anything, I, but I'm but sure there I'm was sure like an Instagram there. live everywhere. This is absurd. It's ridiculous. And I mean, come on. It's just bad judgment at the worst fucking possible time. It's just so irresponsible. And credit to like Bobby Bear, who's the only guy I've, I've heard in the media just kind of rail against it to be like, this is just the peak of irresponsibility. You can literally hang on for another month before you party and then guess what like starting in mid-february god willing if everything goes to plan you can do whatever the hell you want and no one will care just don't do it now and they just to throw a party like that and to have that situation uh i i would imagine it's got to drive drew Brees absolutely insane i imagine it's got to drive sean payton absolutely insane credit to those guys for not saying anything and really avoiding the topic completely uh but if he has to miss the playoff game and they lose a playoff game, it is going to be a disaster uh, around this team. <laughs> I mean, a total catastrophe. I mean, do you think that there were actually any like test results involving COVID or did they just know that these pictures were coming and know that they had to cut it off? Because I think if those yeah. pictures came out and he tested clean as a bird... People are going to go, hey, that's fucked up. You can't do this. This is dangerous to people. There's a reason why he's not displaying symptoms or testing right now. It, it really could just be those photos that yeah. got him sidelined. I mean, there's certainly like the chicken egg of that of like, did he get tested because yeah. of having the part? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how often they test. I would imagine they test a lot. I think he tested positive because of this. It's very irresponsible. They've been so good about it the whole year. Even like the handful of guys they had who'd gotten sick, they never spread it to the rest of their position yeah. group because they were good about doing meetings over Zoom and wearing masks and kind of all that stuff. And this time it just wiped out the whole running back room in the last week of the season. Yeah. And the only instance of that happening is the quarterback room in Denver. And we saw, you know, they put Joe the plumber out there. And he, <laughs> he got murdered. It went badly. <laughs> yeah. It went very badly. Yeah, he's on a feeding tube now. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, the, the, I mean, the, Good news for the Saints is it didn't affect them really at all in this game. I mean, they were able to run the ball with whatever, you know, garbage man they picked up <laughs> off the street. Like, uh, Ty Montgomery did do a very good job. Yeah, Ty Montgomery did fine. There was another guy. I literally cannot remember his name Taysom. for the life of me. Well, he played a little bit, but then there was another <laughs> running back who looked 
pretty dang good. I yeah. guess he was on, you know, working at Wendy's or something the day before. <laughs> biggie size it. Hey, you're pretty biggie sized. Want to go? He was good. Like he was good. The other receivers, God knows who those guys were. And then Marcus Callaway looks really good. Yeah. I mean, you've got like you can see on the right day that this team can put it together and make a run. I still question whether Drew Brees has enough to go on the road and even really at home and win playoff games against good teams and outduel good quarterbacks like Russell Wilson is going to be, like Aaron Rodgers is going to be, like Patrick Mahomes would be. That is a, uh, a task I don't know he's still up for. Yeah, that's really going to be the question of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Let's just you don't expect him to live up to it at this point no. or to it's not he doesn't have the Tom Brady aura around him of, you know, one more log in the fire going to show these youngsters what's up because yeah. that hasn't happened in the playoffs very often. No. Aaron Rodgers is an MVP candidate. Uh so is Russell Wilson. Yeah. This is gonna be this is gonna be fucking hard. Yeah. We gotta yeah. get Alvin Kamara to go party with some other teams. <laughs> I mean, if if they win two or three playoff games, they're they're gonna have to fucking earn it. Yeah, they're definitely. I mean, this is the, the this is the one. But we said this last year in the wild card round. You're like, it's a thirteen and three team. They're playing a very you know uh, a team with an average quarterback in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, and they should kind of walk through this one and get to the next one but there is no walking through these playoff games no. as we know uh this will be very important i think the saints if they don't show up ready to play after what happened last year though uh there are much bigger problems afoot than uh what we're talking about here today it's yeah. not just a talent issue at that point if you can't beat chicago and they went to overtime with chicago early in the year i mean that was the game that we watched together yeah. and that was a Almost a disaster. And I believe Nick Foles was the quarterback then, yes. not Mitch. Yeah. So even a little, you know, Chicago's a little bit better, better. than that team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, a lot to happen. A ton happened with the Saints this week. Uh, obviously, playoff time. We know the history. We know the misery. We know the pain. Uh, we are going to be here with you every step of the way. Uh, but we will... Come back and talk about something uh, so much more enlightening. The Pelicans blowing one of the worst leads in the oh. history of the franchise <laughs> as they go down uh, on Monday night. We will be right back after this to talk about the Pelicans. Stick around. Poke and Kush. The last time we were recording, the Pelicans were getting demolished in Phoenix. <laughs> And we were, of course, since we were like talking nice and optimistic on the podcast, then they lose by 70 to Chris Paul, who's my age, which is a huge insult <laughs> in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, they got worked by the Suns. Uh, and then I think what happened, which is last night, we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, on Monday night, the Pelicans blew a 10 point lead with two minutes and 20 seconds left in the game. That is almost impossible. They had a six-point lead with like 25 seconds left in the game. And they're the, they're the third team in 10 years to do that. Teams are like 8,000, like 8,103 with a six-point lead, <laughs> a six-plus-point lead in the last 25 seconds of a game. Uh, a truly mind-boggling situation that unfolded. Uh, and it, it it made some some real problems appear. Uh, I think we got the Pelicans got exposed a little bit. I think it's probably good for them. Uh, and ultimately, it, it, it shows some flaws where we might not have 
thought they existed. Yeah, I, well, I feel like the focus on the flaws now is solely on the coaching. Yeah. Because no timeout in the last two minutes. Yeah, what are you doing? I mean. What are you doing? When Lonzo had the first of four backcourt turnovers, they weren't all Lonzo's, but there were four yeah. backcourt turnovers in the last game. like four or five minutes. You don't call a timeout after that. You don't call a timeout after Lonzo loses the ball, and I think it went to eight points when Lonzo lost the ball in the mm-hmm. backcourt and they got an easy layup. This Pacers team is not Golden State four years ago. They are not <laughs> they're not able to score twelve points in thirty seconds. No. They don't have any sharpshooters. Uh Sabonis was out. Yeah. He had fucking fouled out at that <laughs> point. Uh Turner was very close. To he had five out yeah. at that point. What the fuck are you doing? It was, it was the that display was the most baffling. So let's break it down for a couple levels. By the time you're listening to this on Thursday, you will have probably forgotten about the game on Monday. Uh, but to, right now, it is the, uh, a huge story because it, it does show exactly how far the team has to go. Number one, the offense was miserable down the stretch and it has been miserable down the stretch and it's because they keep doing the exact same play which is give the ball to brandon ingram and move out of the way yeah and just hope that this guy who's played 37 minutes or whatever it is uh he's doing everything the whole game and just expect this guy to basically break down someone off the dribble get to the rim and beat another guy at the rim or pull up for like a fadeaway jumper which is a difficult shot so you're you're putting a lot on one guy. You've got Zion Williamson literally standing in the corner doing nothing. Okay. He's a complete, not even a decoy out there. No one's going to cover him out there. So your offense stinks. All right. The objectively terrible offense. They've done nothing uh, in the handful of close games. They've won them because they played well defensively in those stretches. They did not play well defensively on Monday, but the bigger problem was that in a three point game, the Pelicans have, I believe, two timeouts. And instead of as J.J. Reddick gets trapped in the backcourt directly in front of Stan Van Gundy, like as far as I am to you is how far J.J. Reddick was to Stan Van Six Gundy. Six feet, exactly. Yeah, he's watching, he's staring at J.J. Reddick get double teamed and trapped. And he just looks at him. And then the ball squirts out and it goes directly into Lonzo Ball's hands. And before Lonzo Ball can even dribble... Two guys are guarding him, and he just keeps staring at him. And you're going, what planet are you coaching on? You're standing right there. You have a timeout. You can go to the bench. You advance the ball. You inbound it, and the game is fucking over. And instead, he just watches it. And then, of course, turnover happens. No one comes near Miles Turner. Zion is like mall walking back from the free, the other free throw line. I don't know what the hell he's doing over there. And then you've got Brandon Ingram, who's exhausted, so he's running at like you know quarter speed trying to defend it. And Miles Turner's by himself and just buries a three pointer. And you're like, of course, of course, it was the most mystifying possession and exposed so many of this team's flaws like in one place. And you're going. Ah, and then, of course, Stan Van Gundy after the game just totally admits that's the problem. You know, like, I should have called timeout. It's like, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. yeah you Literally everyone knew that. <laughs> so that's, I mean, it was just unbelievable that happened. It was a pretty gut-wrenching loss. And, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram can play like that 
couple games a year. Yeah. You know, going to overtime, having already played 35, 36 minutes, and win it for you. He cannot do that on a Monday night against Indiana yeah. in basically a meaningless game. And and the pressure that you're putting on him to do that is going to break him on a team that has six fucking players. Yes. Now, I think I know what happened with Stan Van Gundy. Of course, the team is sponsored by uh, Cajun Chicken. <laughs> crispy, crunchy. Crispy, crunchy chicken. An ad came on in the arena. Stan, just his eyes turned into swirling umbrellas. And he just got lost in the in the greasy glaze. And then when he came to, he's like, what? At? We lost? <laughs> does that does mashed potatoes come with gravy? Yeah. <laughs> get it separately? Is that in is the that... contract? Do I get the chicken along with? <laughs> he was going, score 100 so we get free fries at Cane's. <laughs> it is significantly uh, better for him if that was the explanation than, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, throwing your hand. What, you haven't coached in a while? You haven't been a head coach in a while? Is that your fucking excuse? Because every Tom, Dick, and Harry watching that thing at home was screaming. <laughs> I'm surprised Teresa Weatherspoon didn't fucking no. like, push him down and call a timeout. That's what, I don't understand how one person on the bench didn't just yell timeout and they thought it was Stan. Like, it's incredible. What, we're the mask. We're blocking it. Yeah, because I'm sitting on the couch and I don't even care. And I'm sitting on the couch and I'm yelling, call timeout, call timeout, call timeout, call timeout. Oh, 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 they're going to tie the game. Oh, they tied the game. <laughs> now a timeout. Yeah, now they'll call timeout to run, you know, a play where Brandon Ingram gets, you know, double teamed and has to shoot a fade away from the elbow. Like, <laughs> that was impossible. Uh, it was it was very bad. At, after the game, again, credit to Stan Van Gundy. He owned it. And then he also said, like, look, we have to do something else offensively uh, at the end of games because while putting the ball in the hands of your best player makes sense, you can't just do nothing. Even Steven Adams said, like, oh, we need to use, like, a smoke screen or something. He's like, we got to do something to make them think that someone else is going to get the ball. Well, I think that something else could have happened if J.J. Redick had made a shot in the year 2021. It's bad. Because there was one point where I think the Pelicans were up by 9 or 10. Mm -hmm. J.J. missed a corner three. If yep. he'd hit it, you say it would seal the game. But seeing what happened at the end, you can't <laughs> even say that. But it absolutely would have. If J.J. You know, JJ and Melly can't hit the side of a fucking barn this year. Awful. And it is a problem. And that is contributing to Brandon Ingram's problems, which are the Pelicans' problems. Absolutely. These guys have to get it together. Because Brandon Ingram right now is the only force where you can say he's great. Yeah. He looks great. Like Brandon Ingram right now is playing at not just an all star level, he's playing at an all NBA level. Whether you can expect that first, you know, 65 more games. I don't know if that's really reasonable, but he's been great, not just uh, scoring, which was kind of his thing last year. He really just scored. He's been facilitating, leads the team in assists. He's been uh, he looked like Chris Paul for stretches of that game. Where yeah. He was really just controlling the action, uh, scoring when they gave him a seam. When they doubled, he found the right guy who was open. He was really, really freaking good now. On the other hand, J.J. Reddick's last six games entering Wednesday night, okay? One for seven field goal, one for five three-point. One for eight, one for five, one for four, one for four, one for nine. That's just shooting. That's not just three-pointers. That is period scoring. That is a giant, giant problem for this team. He cannot go one for whatever every single goddamn game. Yeah, and if J.J. is not shooting a three, it's usually a floater in the wide-open lane. Yeah, exactly. And now you've got Steven Adams there to put it back. But just do it the first time. <laughs> <laughs>
So he, if he's not scoring, what is he doing? He draws a couple charges, but otherwise he's a total liability defensively. Like, I understand he has a track record. I understand that his resume speaks for itself. So he's going to get minutes anyway. But why is he closing games? Why, why are they relying on him in that situation? I think you just got to, at some point, you got to kind of look and say, this is, you got to let the guy ease into breaking out of this streak because it is a, it is a bad slump. And I don't know how much harder they can lean on Brandon Ingram, quite frankly. I mean, he's going to pull them very close, but he is not going to be the guy. He's not LeBron James where you just lean on him for 48 minutes yeah. and win, you know? And the last uh, bad shooting streak we saw from a white guy on the Pels, Miritich. Yeah. He was a good shooter for a while. That's right. Kind of a combination of Melly and JJ a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. He never got it back together, and he had to leave the country. <laughs> That so is true. he had a great play. I'm sure JJ had threatened to move to Canada if somebody won the election. <laughs> but now we're going to see. Uh, yeah, it's uh, they've they've got seven guys who they can play, and one of them is JJ Redick who can't score. So you've got six guys on the team, and Zion is Josh Hart's your other. Yeah, yeah. You got five starters and Josh Hart, and then Alexander Walker looks. Okay, Jackson Hayes sucks, uh, and nobody else really plays. Jackson Hayes did play pretty good in that Pacers game. He played in the first half. He has like the ultimate, um, like when you're watching, like when you're playing in Little League, and the kid who never ever gets a hit gets a hit. Like he played really well tonight. He, game ball goes. To, it's like he got a single. This kid had five home runs. Like oh yeah, but we expect him to do that. This guy played great. It's like the expectations for him are so low for Jackson Hayes because he was so bad. He did put together uh, competent minutes, which yes. was a, a giant improvement for him. A, a block, I believe, that also led to an alley-oop. And he had a dunk. Yeah. Yeah. So, strike Jack's, up the band. Jack's back. <laughs> Jack's is back. He'll see you at Rock and Saki. Uh, I, I just don't know where this team is headed. I think if they had been 5-2, and two, it would have been a little fraudulent 5-2. and two. I don't think they're that good. They Every 5-2 and two is fraudulent in this early end of the season. That's true, exactly. And they haven't really beaten a very good team. This would have been the best team they would have beaten. Uh, I do think they are better than I thought they'd be. This going, you know, the, the philosophy to kind of pound the paint and stop, you know, and, and really focus on the paint defensively. I think it's working a lot better than what Alvin had tried to do for so many years. Uh, but I still don't know if this team is any more than a 500 team. Uh, I do. The, my biggest takeaway right now is that Brandon Ingram, you got to be thrilled if you're a Pelicans fan that he signed a five-year deal because that guy has done everything. If you were to like say the best case scenario for Brandon Ingram, you're watching it. Yeah, this is, I mean, he's looking unstoppable. He's looking more and more like KD every day. It's, it's crazy. It's becoming an actual reality. I uh, I was impressed with uh, Eric Bledsoe just kind of becoming a more aggressive player mm-hmm. against, like, Oklahoma and Toronto. Yeah. But that aggression seemed to come out in the wrong ways against the Pacers. Mm-hmm. He committed some very stupid fouls at crucial t- when he stopped in front of that. Guy. I fucking hate when people do oh, that. Oh God! When I they know. dribble in and then stop and then you run into it. That's not a foul. Fuck you. No. And that that happened. There was a good example of that. Uh, uh, Steve Nash called out Trey Young for doing that. Yeah. I think he's his godfather, <laughs> and he, I, I really think he is. Yeah. I think so and he too. was saying like that's not basketball, and I don't think that's basketball. I hate that shit. It's not. You know where that comes from? Is 2K. They yeah. do it all the time in video games because it's a super easy way to get a turnover okay. in video games. And so all those guys have 
play video games and they're all 20 and so they just are trying to figure out a way to get a stop and it's well like, i'm oh. glad they're not bringing the stuff they learned from call of duty to the games <laughs> grand theft auto <laughs> <laughs> um, i just the bottom line and we're going to talk about this probably over and over again is just like they're they're a, a good team they're not a great team they're uh, a mediocre team. They're not a bad team. They're somewhere in between mediocre and good, and that's kind of a hard place to figure out. And so you never quite know night to night. Uh, this is an important week, and then by the time we're on here next time, they will be in the midst of a two-week road swing against a lot of good teams, and that will really determine whether or not they are a uh, are, are a contender when it comes to like a, a real playoff team, not like a tournament playoff team, but like a real playoff team. We'll know a lot more in two weeks. Yeah, and some of the issues, you know, shooting can be fixed. Shooting is streaky. The NBA is streaky. Yeah. Depth can't really be fixed. Yeah, there's a lot of holes on this roster. I mean, the fact that they, Willie Hernan Gomez can't even get in the game, that is a problem. The fact that they've got Kyra Lewis and Nikhil Alexander-Walker combined. I mean, Lewis never Well, Willie was all. playing for the Saints on Sunday, so he was wiped <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have known. He was playing you know, defensive end and be like, all right, whatever. Uh, just some guy. Uh, it is, it, there is very clearly a huge drop-off. And this team had relatively good depth last year. And you would think they'd have good depth because they traded Anthony Davis for a million players. They traded Drew Holiday for several players. Like, you got a bunch of like, what the hell happened? Like, where is everybody that you have no players? And uh, it's it's a little striking, uh, but they're good at the top. I think Zion's fine. I don't think he's been great, but he's been fine. And he's scoring a lot. Uh, he's very Julius Randall out there this year. It's yeah, it's like which got, is fine. Yeah, you got one move. We're gonna we're like his move is I think I'm stronger than you I'm going to go directly I'm going to go to my left and go directly at the basket and if you can stop it great and if you can't I'll make one of two free throws <laughs> <laughs> and it did work pretty well against the Pacers you know uh, the foul trouble that Zion was able to get these guys in sure. should have paid off yes under better circumstances with you know like a better team there are not a lot of teams anymore in the era of endless three-pointers that have big guys that zion is going to be able to get into foul trouble though exactly like he's going to have to play against you know dudes like anthony davis and stuff like that who are going to push him further out mm -hmm. um i also thought it was definitely concerning i guess is the word that they didn't start overtime with zion he didn't actually get in overtime and that against the pacers until the last minute basically uh that's a problem when you go into overtime that should be your best lineup that's available right yeah i would think so unless there's some lingering injury or he's just completely get all those guys were gassed yeah i mean he couldn't have been more tired than brandon ingram no. i mean he's he is uh he's heavier than brandon he's ingram more beautiful yes yeah, so he's bolder um he is but yeah, I don't know what the, like that's concerning. It was like you're gonna run your best team out there, your second leading scorer, and the guy who should be like you know a stakeholder of your team, and he's not even in the game. He admitted he was frustrated by it, um, but you know he also missed a point blank dunk and doesn't provide any spacing for Ingram, which I think is largely what they wanted to do. And this is the situation the Pelicans are in. So they're flawed, but they're not fatally flawed. They're they're 
they're a fine team, and we're going to learn a lot more about them. But that loss Monday was inexcusable uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah, this team, uh, you know, I've, I, I, I'm a fan of, like, the Kings and fun young teams. Yeah. This team is not fun. No, they are a slog. This team is brutal. It's a fight. Yep. It is a fight to watch. So uh, we'll come back. We've got segments on their way, overrated, underrated, worst of the week. And, of course, we got some poke news, so stick around, and we will be right Back on poke and kush. Good news, Polk and Kush fans. What's that? We've got a few t-shirts left. We have a lot of stickers left. We have the vintage. We have the new guy. So uh, if you want to get a t-shirt or a sticker, send us an email. They're not free, you lunatics. <laughs> <laughs> But if you pay us uh, USD, we'll send it over to you. Cush uh, is the shipping department. The postal service is, it, it's not even a thing anymore. No. It's back to like the old days where it's one guy on a horse riding across <laughs> the country. <laughs> He'll eventually bring you a, a buttery soft Polk and Cush t-shirt. They're very soft. That is the, the review I've gotten the most is that the shirts are very soft. Your friends are so judgmental. Who fucking <laughs> sends a review for the shirt? It's a good, for that's a good friends thing. podcast. Just buy the shirt. Don't tell Scott what you think about the shirt. Just buy the shirt, you lunatics. How judgmental are these people? The sticker wasn't sticky enough. I don't really like the font. I've had it. But seriously, guys, buy the shirt and tell us how much you like it. Um, <laughs> you can get a shirt. Uh, just shoot us an email, uh, polkandkush at gmail.com. Uh, you know, we have got a handful left. We're going to have to do a second ship, a second design soon. Uh, but we'd like to get rid of these very last few shirts we have. So please reach out uh, if you have any interest whatsoever. Yeah, you, you call it getting rid of. I say this is a limited edition, yeah, limited right. time collector's <laughs> item. It's a buttery, soft cotton poly rayon blend with a light screen print. It feels like it's in the fabric. You're going to wear this shirt and fall in love <laughs> with the shirt, I guess. Uh, you know, the the shipping uh, department is doing its best, but I sent one. I sent a, a set of shirts out to someone uh, two day shipping, uh, and that took 17 days to arrive. So, uh, you does know, that, does that mean it patient. took you 15 days to mail it? <laughs> no, it was, okay. it was stamped on there. I did my job. You know, Sean Payton says, do your job. Scott Kushner does it. I didn't do it. Completely Sean Payton right. hasn't said do your job in six years. <laughs> well, that's because he's too busy doing cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> the man in the overcoat. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, that's so going to bring us into Polk News, I think. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? That's what I was. Okay. <laughs> uh, Becky Hammond became the first woman to coach an NBA game. Uh, that's pretty cool. I enjoy it. She got to coach the Spurs after Pop got thrown out. He, you know, <laughs> mf somebody. He, yeah, I like to go the, watch the news. He thought the referee was his waiter, so he started yelling <laughs> at him. And then he said, "You're in charge, kiddo," and flipped her a coin. And yeah. She, the ESPN tweet about it was funny because it said she's believed to be the first woman. To, like, you have the technology. 
like the stats they do on ESPN where it's like only three players have scored 13 points and two rebounds and yeah. in a third quarter on a Tuesday <laughs> and they don't you know there hasn't been a fucking woman coaching NBA team. Yeah, that would have come up somewhere around the line like unless you know, you think there was women coaching before we had all of the stats available. It's like, yeah, I'm sure there was a coach with a uh, coach in George Mikan who was a female, <laughs> you know. It's like, yeah, that definitely seemed like the the society was progressive enough then uh, it's, it's a, for, for that to occur. Yeah, uh, that's a cool thing. I hope she takes over for Pop. Well, good <laughs> news for Becky, and, uh, you know, keep at it. Pop is going to keep getting thrown out, so you'll... Hang keep, in there, baby. Keep, yeah. Uh, Johnny Manziel. <laughs> it's always good when he's in the news. <laughs> oh, man. He's back. He's back, baby. Johnny Football is back. He's going to be playing for a new football league where fans call the plays. Like Tech Mobile? Basically, yes. Except I, multiple fans will be calling the plays. Like via poll? I don't have all the details. But what? It, you, what? It's is called, it going to be like one fan? They're like, all right, Andrew, this week you're the offensive coordinator. Would just be, How yeah. would more people watch because of that? I would just be doing Statue of Liberty every single every play. I'd be like, just throw a bomb. I don't know. We might make one. <laughs> it's called fan-controlled football. It's a startup football league that combines the sport with elements of esports. The league features seven-on-seven games where fans do everything from setting the roster and lineups to calling actual plays. I guess it's going to be done through Twitch, and users will vote on the plays. Okay, so it's polling. And the line, yeah, it appears to be polling. Anyway, Johnny Manziel is going to be playing in it. What kind of fucking loser is watching that and voting on the plays? The whole point of sports is so that you can make watch somebody else make the decisions and then you get to criticize them when they're wrong. Well, I guess you can still do that if you're an opposing <laughs> viewpoint. Yeah, but what if you're the right viewpoint? This is, yeah, the only people watching this, it should just be called Degenerate Gambler Football. Yeah. This is all this yeah, is. Or just like, I have nothing else to do with myself.com. Like, th- this, come on. Who is... This league is going to last two and a half weeks. This is such a Hollywood meeting. Yes. <laughs> These guys were just railing, blowing the bathroom. And they're like, all right, what's popular? Football. What else is popular? The kids playing video games, esports. Let's combine them. How do we do that? Okay. How about we get some unqualified morons who have like a Dragon Ball Z avatar they live in their mother's basement. They look like the Warcraft guy from South Park. But we find one guy who people know, and he has a drug problem, so he will do this. We're going to get Richie Incognito to play quarterback. John Football. Just make it the Criminals Football League. Just have Mutant League Football. Exactly. Just, you know, the California Penal League. Just let him play. Adam Sandler. The Bert Riddle. Guy. Yeah, just throw them all in there. This is absurd. No one will watch this. I'm the XFL didn't even last its full season, right? Didn't yeah. it get or the AAF or whatever the, the fuck? A, the AF did not make it the, the whole year. <laughs> they had to shut it down. And they had like a but like Steve Spurrier was coaching in that league. And then the XFL, I think, was not doing great, but I think they probably would have made it to the end, but then COVID hit. So yeah, they get well, a they get an asterisk. I'm sure the, the Rock and Gene Simmons <laughs> or whoever owned the XFL yeah. are screwed. And then the arena leagues and the, you know, the intra sport leagues, you know, you hit a hockey stick and run through a goalpost. I don't know. <laughs> like Well, speaking of AAF football, the Browns have done the most Browns thing possible. 
Everyone on the team has co- – they made the playoffs for the first time since 2002. Jesus. Their best record since, like, 1994 or something. 11 wins. That's a lot of it's wins. Year, people, yeah. you know, ignored the Browns. At least, like, NFC people ignored the Browns this year. But they did pretty damn good. And now they're going into the playoffs minus nine players and seven coaches. Oh, my God. I did not know that. Seven coaches, which includes the head and all of the assist- the special teams guy is coaching the Browns <laughs> in their first playoff game in 18 years against Pittsburgh, who they barely beat on Sunday. Yeah, who was playing a backup quarterback. Yeah. Wow. That is... Uh, it's the most Browns thing that could happen. That really is. That's Is that worse than just missing the playoffs? I don't know because like because you're going to get beat by thirty, right? Well, they were talking about like if the NFL delayed the game, they would have to delay it for like a week. Yeah, and then you've got the next round of the playoffs, and then you know somebody else could get COVID in that meantime. So the Browns are getting completely fucked over in this. In the most, I thought the Browns losing to the Jets would be the most Browns thing that could <laughs> yeah. happen this year, but not having half the team. In your two-decade absence, is, first playoff appearance. That is really torture. That's like the, the Bills made it for the first time since the 90s. Like two years ago, the Bills made it, and then they didn't score. I remember that. Hometown <laughs> hero Kyle Williams was there after Andy Dalton won that game for no reason, just to fuck Baltimore over. And the Bills were like, yeah, we finally did it. Up, oh, all right. Yeah. And Jacksonville, like, didn't. Or that, or they lost, like, 10 to 3. It was something ludicrous. Like, I was like, this, you've waited 20 years for this moment, and it sucked. Yep. Well, uh, some good news. Uh, local hometown hero, Devonta Smith, he won the Heisman tonight. Beat out Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and I uh, definitely knew that was happening. Tonight. Mac Jones and uh, that guy from Florida, Kyle, what's his face? Yeah. First. Dude, the. Trask? Trask. Trask. The Heisman has lost a lot of luster. I remember the... I feel like the Heisman Trophy... Maybe we were just kids, and so that's just the way things go. I feel like the Heisman Trophy used to be like a really big deal. Like it well, was it the, did. It, it, it was a punishment to get your trophy taken away. That's how big <laughs> yeah, of a deal it was. Yeah. yeah. Like I can distinctly recall like watching the ceremony, like that Charles Woodson one. The, like you can remember... Like distinct moments of who won the Heisman's all those years. Like, I can't remember who won MVP in a particular year. I can remember who won the Heisman up to a point, and then like the last eight years or so, basically ever since the Alabama players started winning it, <laughs> I kind of just gave up on caring about it. But I guess it is that's a wider. I don't know if a wide receiver's ever won it. I don't believe so. So there's something. Yeah. I literally had zero idea they were doing that tonight. And he's from a meet. Mm-hmm. Same high school as our dear Govna. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, a brighter future for one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations to Devonta. We know you're a listener. Oh, uh, yes. Congratulations on playing for the Jaguars next year. Yeah, I just, like, it's cool. Alabama won another Heisman Trophy. Like, do they even care anymore? No, they don't. They're the most boring. It just feels like. How did Alabama have no one opt out of the season? There, there was probably like a secret that. underground contract that was like, "We're not going to drug test opt you. out. <laughs> we're not going to give you the bends. We're not they're gonna- taking that Dodge Charger back." <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're playing. It's so obvious they're playing by a different set of rules than literally everyone else. They haven't had like a single 
positive COVID, except for Saban, I think, tested positive. Like, they've had no... He's taking one for the team. Yeah. He's gotten it twice. He's the only guy. Like, it's just insane. I was like, how does... No- Kiffin even said it. He's like, well, it's kind of interesting that they have all these top 10 picks and not a single one of them is opting out. Every other top 10 pick in the country <laughs> just decided not to play this year. It's like, hmm, I wonder how that happens. Hmm. It's like, yeah, I wonder how that happens. Like, he is... I'm uh, sure there's no funds being funneled around oh, in this time no. of confusion and virus where all the other sports are getting canceled yeah, I'm either. sure they're testing for all of the uh, recreational drugs Alabama sure, yeah. very low positivity rate people <laughs> respecting <laughs> the laws of health and very man. masked up yeah. <laughs> uh, I just uh, I am like so bored of college football at this point and watching the semifinal games was almost depressing if I didn't make a lot of money on it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know anybody that uh, religiously watched this year. Even even the the playoffs thus far have been just a real bore. Yeah, like that Alabama game, everyone knew it was going to be a three touchdown game, and guess what? It was a three touchdown game. And then the Ohio State Clemson game theoretically should have been exciting, but in like a totally empty dome, and Ohio State just went up by a ton early, and just like all right, like it just not it just uh, there's no feel to it. Like college is so built around the crowds, and it just feels flat and kind of fake and it's the same teams that are in it every single year it's, it's just a completely different feeling from the nfl with no crowds there. yes it's, which it's very sterile it's very weird maybe there's not as much of a connection to the team or the players or implications of the games there's a band yeah i don't know i the most interesting thing that came out of it was is justin fields better than trevor lawrence which is a question of who gives a shit <laughs> we'll find out in three years in the nfl like we have with every other Two-headed quarterback duel in the yeah. last two decades. We'll find out in three years in the NFL. Yeah. And That's you know it. what? They might both be good. Yeah. Huh? What do you know? Yeah, like, they don't have to. It, one doesn't have to be better than the other. <laughs> no. They could both be. One doesn't have to suck. They don't, not everyone has to have Orion Leaf to their Peyton Manning. <laughs> like, this isn't a requirement. You know, not everybody has to have a Mitch Trubisky to their Pat Mahomes and uh, Deshaun Watson. Like, there's just a chance that they're all good. So, I... Uh, I, I if I had not won money on Ohio State, I would have been extremely bored by New Year's Day. <laughs> but thankfully, I was able to get that money line bet in, which felt pretty damn good. That was nice to be up on a money. When you're like a plus 240 and you're up 42 to 17 or whatever it is in the third quarter, you're like, this This feels like I should be gambling more often, <laughs> which is like the most dangerous thought you can have. Like, this was fucking easy. This was easy and rewarding. <laughs> yeah. And my wife doesn't know about it. <laughs> oh, they, she, only, she knows when I win. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what I did. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I guess I'll bet on Ohio State for the national championship just for, you know. Just for your insatiable urge. Yeah. Just because I feel like they're like a little undervalued because they didn't play a lot of games. Yeah. But I don't know. Alabama's going to win. They've got the juice. We'll see. Alabama's going to win. That's Polk News, everybody. All right, everyone. That takes us right into your favorite part of every single week on this ASMR program. Segments! Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. That's right, everyone. Segments overrated and underrated. As always, we will start it with overrated. Uh, This one, don't know if anyone really rates it. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) 
the gas light in your car. <laughs> so, you know, there's that little light in your car and it tells you, oh, you're low on gas. Yeah. And then everyone says, ah, we can drive for a little while on that light on, okay? And then you kind of just eh, screw around, and then you get to the point where you're, like, almost out of gas, and that's when you actually get gas. The gas light is not really doing anything here. So it's overrated in that the fact that people are mostly ignoring it, number one. And number two, we're all adults driving, correct? We all have the ability to read the goddamn gauge. The gauge tells you where the gas is. Why do I need another light to be like, oh, hey, it's me, the gas. You know how it says empty and we're really close to that? I'm telling you that louder. And it's like, this is pathetic that we are this stupid. That And now most people won't even get gas until the light's on. It's like, it doesn't even count. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting low, Like, but the light's not on. It's like, well, the, it's you're at an eighth of a tank. Like, what are you talking about? You can read the meter. You can see what's happening. But yet it's like, oh, the light's not on. So I'm good. The same thing with the oil light and all of them. Nobody gives a crap anymore unless their car is telling them directly, feed me. I need gasoline. I need oil. We're all just dependent on the machine telling us what to do. And we should know how to work the machine. <laughs> Overrated. Bunch of babies. That's what we've become as a society. You're losing your mind. <laughs> no, no. I think this is a very hinged rant. <laughs> Kush is bright red. He's sweating like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> he looks like Bernie Sanders right the now. The 1% of the 1%. Uh, you you question why we need those reminders. There are billboards telling us to wash our hands. <laughs> <laughs> They've been telling us to wash our hands for a year. Do you not know that already? <laughs> there are also billboards telling us not to drink and drive. It's like, too late. Yeah, come on, buddy. <laughs> this is on the road. should have told me that when I was at home. Oh, I pull over slowly. <laughs> Wait, don't drink and drive? <laughs> yeah, we're just babies, man. I uh, My gas light came on, and I noticed it because it, my gas light's in the, in the center of the console in front of me, yeah. and the gas gauge is over to the right, mm -hmm. and I was you know, zoned out on like a 10-hour drive back from Branson, Missouri, <laughs> wherever the hell I was. And when it popped on, I went, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, I needed it because I'm stupid. Exactly. We, you have to be able to look at your own gas gauge. When did that become a thing that was too difficult for us to do? It's not that it's difficult. It's just nice sometimes to have a gentle nudge. No. We, let's all grow up and stop relying on the gas gauge. If you're getting low, eighth of a tank, we'll call it. You get to an eighth of a tank and you're near a gas station. Just pull in there and get some gas. You don't need the light to be on. Because you know what? The light's going to turn off at like a 16th. <laughs> what is the light taking away from you? Your, your independence? I am not claiming the light does not have merit. I'm saying it's overrated. We are too reliant. No one has rated this, ever. <laughs> it's, we're too reliant on it. You just said it. <laughs> reliant. Let's get off our reliance on big lights, and we will be independent thinkers again. Bernie 2024. <laughs> 20 forever. Mine is less insane than that. Overrated. 
May this my overrated may have led to your mental breakdown just now. <laughs> overrated coffee. Yeah, that's not not wrong. <laughs> coffee is expensive. It all tastes the same. And does it really keep you up or does it just burn the skin off your fucking tongue <laughs> and then you're awake because of the injury you've caused yourself? It's yeah. it's it's a it's like a cool competition. I go into the Starbucks over here and they're like, what do you want? Vanilla, flilla, blah, blah. <laughs> I still don't know what the sizes are. And I feel I feel like Mitt Romney when I go in there. I'm like, all of us small. I don't know what you fucking idiots call it. <laughs> you know, it's like I'll have a petite or yeah. whatever the Chico. I don't go to Starbucks. My wife is a big fan of the Starbucks because they like you can order on your phone. You don't have to interact with anybody. She's big on that. I uh... women love Starbucks. That's why they sell Michael Bublé CDs there. <laughs> It's a uh, it's incredibly popular. Obviously, there's a lot of them. People this like is the, our take. Starbucks people, is popular. People like the coffee. No, I uh, I have grown. If your 2020 left any lasting impression on me, it's that I now drink a ton of black coffee, uh, which I never touched before. And I drink a lot of black coffee, and I drink it like wherever I go. And yeah, the the look you get when you say I'd like a black coffee that is 20 ounces. And they just kind of like, no one's ever spoken to me this directly, sir. I'm a little intimidated. <laughs> a little turned on. Yeah. And uh, so, but it is when it's super hot, there is no difference, is there? Between, I mean, I don't drink like gas station coffee, so I don't know. But like, I'm drinking out of a shitty Keurig with like bath water in it, you know? And I, that tastes the exact same to me as going yeah, to a coffee the shop. Keurig thing, when's the last time you cleaned that? And you're Never. killing the environment with all those plastic cups. Well, that's not my concern. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, that's why I drive this monster truck with the gas light. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, maybe green tea is more my speed or something. So you're just saying coffee off period. Is It's like a, I feel like it's a social, uh, there's a social dynamic. Like I don't want to get drunk, but I want to drink somewhere with someone. Well, that's the, that's the horrible first date. If you don't want to reveal you're a maniac, you're like, let's get mm -hmm. coffee. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you burn yourself, you spill it all over your crotch. <laughs> You're sitting there, and there's people pretending to like write a screenplay, and you're like, "So what? Is your favorite movie Shrek too? You know, whatever the fuck you do on a sober. Maybe my qualm is with sober first dates. <laughs> that's, that's, I think we found we've delved into the crevasse, and we have what found can the you do? Walk around like an old married couple, going to the mall, walk into your grave. <laughs> I do I hate the people who are like, you know, walking Kathy cartoons like, oh, my God, I haven't had my coffee. I can't even function. Don't talk to me yet. I haven't had coffee. That's just that a good coffee talk. Boys. Yeah, yeah, but it's like that's that's a ridiculous way to go through life. It's yeah. like it, it, the coffee isn't making you a better person. Yeah. But first coffee. Yeah. Second, calling the police on a black man. <laughs> that's what all those signs should say. That is what every the fucking, mug. Yeah. <laughs> First coffee, and then cheating on my husband with the pool boy. Yeah, I uh, the the total reliance on it I find to be a bit much. However, I do appreciate a good cup of 
black coffee like my grandfather now. It's, it's like my biggest accomplishment <laughs> yeah, of the like entire war last year. like war ration coffee? Yeah. <laughs> just like, give me black coffee. I don't care what happens. Just feed it to me. All right. So now I'll come up. We're going underrated. This is topical. That's correct. Topical. Yeah. Topical underrated. On New Year's Day. New Year's Eve gets all the fanfare. New Year's Day is one of the best holidays that exists because there is nothing to do. I mean, zero. We talked about Thanksgiving. There being like no gifts, and that's nice. There is not a goddamn thing that happens on New Year's Day. There's no meal. (laughs) There's no family gathering. There's no celebration. There is nothing. It is a holiday celebrating a calendar turning. That's it. There's no religion in it. There's no backstory. There's nothing. It's just a day that you don't have to go to work. And <laughs> and it is like socially acceptable to be hungover, which used to matter to me back when I used to celebrate New Year's Eve. I still have my problems with New Year's Eve, as noted in the last episode. I'm not going to go back into those. But New Year's Day, the tits McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Just a great holiday. Literally did nothing. There is a New Year's Day meal, cabbage, but peas or some shit. 0.02% of people under 90 actually eat that. You're supposed to bang pots and pans outside and throw salt into your ass. <laughs> Rustin has really done the, the, the homeschool course on New Year's Day. Yeah, we're just trying to scare the possums away. Uh, no, it is. It is. Can you think of another holiday where legitimately nothing happens? Uh, Easter for you. <laughs> Christmas for you. There's, no, there's still bunnies and uh, there's Santa Claus. Passover like. for you. <laughs> I mean, there is zero expectation. Like, can you remember anything you've ever done on a New Year's Day? Oh, God, no. Walk home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's all like was hungover. I have a group to to explain how uh, great New Year's Day is as a holiday. I have a one New Year's Day tradition, and it's with the same group of guys uh, because we were super hungover one year. We're all starving and nothing was open till one o'clock or noon. And so we all got Wendy's. And so now we've eaten Wendy's for like 11 straight years on New Year's Day. And that is New Year's Day, a day where you can figure it's a national holiday and you can be like, this is a day I eat Wendy's. (laughs) (laughs) And just decide that. And you're not screwing up any family. You don't have no obligations. Nothing's going on. Be like, I eat Wendy's on this day. (laughs) Wendy's. Underrated. Man. New Year's Day. New Year's Day, Wendy's. I, I thought you were going to go for a Huddle House or a Waffle House, maybe even a Cracker Barrel, but I like the Wendy's. Yeah, it's good. Is it? No, it really was actually uh, quite mediocre this year. <laughs> the Frosty Machine, though, still killing it. Can't believe it worked. Um, I've gotten underrated. Firework safety. Oh, boy. Now, you may have noticed the bandage <laughs> on my hand. <laughs> My left hand has what looks like a monster's vagina on it right now. <laughs> and on New Year's Eve, had we had a few, maybe. Yeah. Who's to tell? A few what? <laughs> and we were shooting off fireworks at the nursing home to cheer them up. No, we were in the middle of the street. And uh, my friend, I thought that she had a slug, you know, the thing that you light to 
keep it lit and then you light the other fireworks with it. It's like a long stick. Oh, no, I don't know anything of what you're talking about because, you know, I, I, I don't light fireworks because I have a college degree and a job. They give you <laughs> both of those. the Mr. Monocle. <laughs> both of those things. I know. So it is like 90% of the people lighting fireworks. They're like $1,000 to fireworks. <laughs> There's a brown stick. It looks like a very, very skinny corn dog. And you light it and it just it just stays lit. And then you use it to light the other fireworks. It's so you don't have to okay. keep like lighting a match or a lighter. It is That's a I- good invention. It is identical to a sparkler. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when you light a sparkler, it blows up yeah. and shoots flaming hot pink sparks everywhere. That is true. So I have used a sparkler before. I was trying to light it, thinking that it was the, the whatever the fuck it's called. And I was cupping my hands over it because of the breeze <laughs> and the screaming and the booze. And I finally lit it, and it just blew up in my... I Jason Pierre-Pauled myself. Yeah. Thank, I can't believe you kept all your fingers. Congratulations. Yeah, it just... It wasn't an explosion. It was just sparks. So it's just a severe burn. And I knew that I was not that drunk because it fucking hurt yeah. a lot. Yeah. That's bad. And luckily, no one stopped the festivities. I went inside and got a frozen bag of peas. <laughs> No one cared. No. <laughs> like, uh, they were like, hey, that's a dollar thirty-two at Win Dixie. <laughs> Polk lost his palm. <laughs> like, eh, whatever, it'll be fine. And then uh I went about my merry way. I've been God, today I just had like tape on it at work, like <laughs> duct tape. And they're like, What happened? I'm like, I don't know. You can't say that you blew your hand. I'm the boss. I can't say that I blew my hand up with fireworks. <laughs> oh my god, man. That's uh that's a little terrifying. So how much I guess a sparkler could only do so much damage, but like that seems like it could have been really bad for you. You need your hands, friend. Yeah, it was. Luckily, there was no explosive. It was just the sparks, which Mm. burned the fucking shit. Yeah, it just hurts more so than. But you know, leave the fireworks to the pros. (laughs) Agreed. Go to the dueling barges. (laughs) Hang out. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I uh, I never like. There's just a little like tiny scared jewish boy inside of me that will never that does wants nothing to do with that fire the explosions or anything i am as far i'm i remember as a kid being like friends would get fireworks i was like the furthest guy in the back like you know reading a book <laughs> be like how to gamble you guys, you, yeah, you guys have fun i'll be over here i was like i'll be watching tv you guys go explode things in the street like someone shot me with a roman candle one time i was like i'm done i'm not playing this game oh anymore. the yeah. the tail unfurls yeah i was like i i have no interest i'm just way too big of a, a fraidy cat uh, <laughs> to, to, to deal with fireworks the, my father put the fear of god in me with that stuff but you know i also didn't burn off my palm last week well so. there you go that takes us into my personal favorite segment of every single week right here on Polk and Kush. That is, ladies and gentlemen, the worst. The worst. I'm going to kick us off. This one was big on Twitter, so you know it was stupid. Uh, <laughs> from the Independent, although it was on a lot of things, a women's fitness magazine apologizes after telling readers to burn off Christmas calories. They had to apologize? We were trying to encourage you to exercise, <laughs> tweeted the publication. Whoopsie daisy. And an apology. <laughs> 
Women's fit. This isn't just some magazine. This is Women's Fitness Magazine. It's the biggest fitness magazine for women. Uh, on Sunday, Women's Fitness Magazine tweeted, "Are you getting out for a run, walk, or cycle today? It's a great day to burn off those Christmas calories. Post your pics here." And then a bunch of fat losers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the problem was that they said Christmas and not holiday? I know, yeah. Hey, I'm burning off my holiday calories. <laughs> However, the attempt at calling on people to share their exercise routines backfired. They're an exercise <laughs> magazine. They didn't fire in the first place. Okay, you can't backfire. It was not a shot at anything. It's, what a ludicrous use of that term. How dare your magazine <laughs> tell people to do what your magazine <laughs> tells people to do. I'm reading women's fitness to feel better about being fat. This is also <laughs> a statement on the media in general. The fact that this is a story is bullshit. The Independent is fucking posting this. Quote, I find it really sad that in 2020 you're promoting the need to burn off Christmas calories. Tweeted one person. That's literally what it says. Tweeted one person. Oh, my God. When are we going to start putting a mic to, like, a guy at the bus stop pissing into his <laughs> shoes? And be like, hey, do you have anything that we can write a story about? Do you have anything inflammatory to say about somebody? Because that's what this is. So literally just go through the replies, find one yeah. negative mention, and then just... Just run yeah. a story on that, and then we'll use it on a podcast. Yeah, and, like, it amplifies to all hell. Big Stewie Griffin 420 said, rethink this. <laughs> so? Someone, Who are you? Someone on Twitter told me to check my privilege because I said that there was sucks that they can't get the Pelicans games on streaming services. I saw that, and I, I was like, yeah. What? Like, what are you talking about? How much crack are you on? <laughs> that, that was you me. Think, like, <laughs> that was me on my alt account. Like, like this is either like a, a great troll or you're the dumbest person that's ever existed. Check your privilege. You have electricity. <laughs> I was like, like you pick what's what how you watch television. Now you're upset about it. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, a psychiatrist, a consultant psychiatrist said. Hugely concerning and problematic language. We shouldn't be ascribing moral labels to food and exercise or encouraging people to adopt and earn and burn mentality. It's the fallout from these damaging marketing campaigns that I see only too well in clinic. Marketing what? Marketing workout? Well, first off, you're, <laughs> you're a psychiatrist, so your clinic is crazy people. <laughs> so that's why... You, have, you only see people with mental illness, so of course they're going to tell you that the tweet telling you to go outside was bad. I got triggered by someone saying I should work out. The tweet's still up, which is funny. It wasn't like, you, Mary, work out. <laughs> with you as a collective, this is a good day to go take a run. You don't have to go to work today. Yeah, so that people was are just terrible. far and away the worst. Oh my I mean, God, go, that's awful. Imagine like going to the the ten thousand people at the gym right now, being like, "Hey, are, were you shamed into this?" Be like, "Yeah, but not by a tweet." <laughs> like it's because I looked at myself, yeah. <laughs> and it's January. I have to work yeah, out. Colonel Sanders shamed me into this, not women's fitness. Oh, that'll bring me to my worst uh, thing I saw or read this week. And uh, thank you to Danny Kalinsky for sending this one along. Uh, 
44 staffers at Bay Area Hospital test positive for COVID. Well, that's not very funny now, is it? Semicolon. Inflatable Christmas costume may be to blame. No. <laughs> For... <laughs> Uh, you never know that the death trap is really going to be the fake Santa costume, <laughs> the super Hugo of Santa costumes. No one ever sees that one coming. The hospital is investigating the outbreak and told KGO TV in an email that the spread by that use quote, quote, may have, can have been connected to a quote, air powered costume. <laughs> Officials confirmed an employee appeared briefly in the emergency department wearing an inflatable costume on Christmas Day. Quote, any exposure, if it occurred, would have been completely innocent and quite accidental as the individual had no COVID <laughs> systems and only sought to lift the spirits of those around him during what is a stressful time. If anything, this should serve as a very real reminder that the virus is widespread and we all must stay vigilant. <laughs> the, the Joker couldn't have pulled this off. <laughs> this is just unbelievable. So this guy showed up and apparently his giant suit full of air, he was just filled with COVID <laughs> droplets. And when they punctured it or broke it down yeah, or whatever it was... It was he? He was probably like doing the worm. And <laughs> I guess it's like venting out somewhere, and everyone's you know like going and high fiving oh. Super Santa, and uh, <laughs> this guy in this basically sumo suit that is dressed like Santa Claus is just going around the hospital, just giving everyone COVID oh in the hospital. Uh, you know, this is insane. This is we've reached the point. That this pandemic has crossed the line to now it's just cruel. <laughs> You're taking away inflatable Santa. So we're going to have to all go back to cloth Santa. Yeah. <laughs> Who's behind Lucite, bulletproof Lucite Santa. Every Santa needs their own Pope mobile. This is insane. What about all the kids on TikToks with their inflatable dinosaur costumes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what are the, the, the COVID spreading from inflatable dinosaur costumes has caused how many cases this year? Well, this is how we <laughs> cure the disease. We take the vaccine. <laughs> we put it in an inflatable dancing Elmo that goes to Ninth Ward birthday parties. Yeah. Oh, my God. He does the shoot <laughs> dance and Everybody's cures the name. It's like Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> Uh, this poor bastard, when he found out that he had COVID and that he infected 44 people inside of a hospital, <laughs> had to feel like the biggest schmuck on earth. Be like, I didn't have to get in that goddamn suit. <laughs> I certainly could have just gone in a regular Santa Claus suit. I also, in my green man costume, <laughs> I would have infected anybody. Sure enough, 44 people in this Bay Area hospital. Uh, but good thing that the staff of KOGO or whatever station this is used a quote for the word may. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we will no longer allow air powered costumes at our facility. You fix the problem. Yeah, the first and only time the rule will be enforced. Yes. Uh, at the same time, we are taking steps to reinforce safety precautions, including physical distancing, no sharing of food, and masks at all times. You know what? None of those things would have helped. 
No, not at all. You just got hit with the uh, bizarre smiley foam that is the inflatable Santa costume filled with COVID-19. It happens to the best of us. You never quite know. Wuhan never saw it coming. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this was a terrific episode, a good time as always. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Again, if you do want a shirt, let us know. If you want a realtor, you're going to call Jansen Patagna. He's Jansen. still the best. <laughs> J-A-N-S-E-N. And that's your man uh, if you want to get a house. But we're going to be back every single week this exact time. 2021 is not slowing us down. It'll only get us stronger. So thank you so much for listening. Please, if you have not rated yet, I swear to God. I swear to God, if you've been listening to this show and you've He's not serious. Rated, I'm going to. I'm going to find you and I'm going to put on an inflatable Santa costume <laughs> and I'm going to go <laughs> into your house and you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and, but seriously, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week right here on Polk and Kush. See ya. <laughs>